Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the West Coast Preps podcast here. It's almost Christmas time, getting pretty close, two weeks away exactly from today, from Christmas Day, 13 days away from Christmas Eve. I'm excited. I'm Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Morlantoon. Greg, how you doing this holiday season? Oh, you know, I can't wait. You know, Christmas morning, it's still you wake up that morning, and it's just, it's so much fun. Even even when you get older, it's just there's some something about that excitement of Christmas morning. Doesn't matter what time it is, what the weather is like. Who knows? Maybe it's 2020. We might get some snow here in Livermore Christmas morning. We really could. I mean, it was like 100 degrees for <laughs> nine straight months. Why not get some snow on Christmas? Right? Completely mean, change the tide. I I really wouldn't be surprised. It'd be nice. Be kind of nice. A fresh change for just one day, though. We'll get a blizzard. Okay, I don't. No, no, no. I don't need. It is twenty twenty. It is twenty twenty. It is stuff. twenty. We actually never got a blizzard when I was there. Oh, good. That's. I'm glad you didn't have to go through that. Yeah, that's more of a Boston thing. <laughs> Let's get snow though. I'm all. I'm all on for snow. But you know what? I'm also on for the Warrior season starts too. That's true. What the twenty third? Twenty second. Twenty second against the Brooklyn Nets. Oh God, the snake. We just had that episode well, not too long. ago. And will ago. James Harden be there? No, James Harden's not going to be there. They just said that they want Kyrie or Kevin Durant back for James Harden. Like, are you really in that position of power? Like, God, I hate the Rockets so much. So, so do I. They're my least favorite team in sports. I hope James Harden stays there, and they still only win like eleven games. I hope James Harden stays there. They get like a one seed again, but then they choke in the postseason, hmm. and they lose to Golden State. Golden again. State again. <laughs> How many times? Would that be five times in the last seven years that they yeah, get knocked they, out by the way. They always want to run it back and they change things up. Well, Russell Westbrook doesn't work. Let's just bring in John Wall instead. That'll work. Yeah, because totally. John Wall's like a – he's just a lower version of Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Not as fast, not as explosive. John Wall doesn't win. No, he's never won. No. no. He gets to the playoffs and he chokes, just like James Harden. So they're perfect for each other. Maybe their choking will cancel out this year, but I doubt it. Choking doesn't really cancel out. Yeah. Now they have Boogie, though. Boogie and John Wall are back reconnected, just like the old Kentucky days. And they're not going to win. Just like the Kentucky days. Yeah, they, they didn't win in Kentucky. They're not going to win now. True. I mean, I think this is the first time we actually agree on something. Yeah, what a weird day. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. Can we disagree on something else? Uh, we can't just... Can we disagree on that Greg Williams is the worst coordinator of all time? Because I think he is. Yeah, no. There we go. We're agreeing again. Yeah, uh, his name is Greg, eight. so I, you know, it's hard for me to say that. But I mean, he spells it with two G's, as you told me earlier. Yeah, so, so it's not your namesake. Yeah, it's good. No, I've never seen an engage eight play call there at the end. Oh, just have Henry Ruggs. What does he run? Four two one, yeah. something like that. Yeah, just have him run free against your cornerback. No help, nothing. Put your cornerback on an island. What do you think? He's Darrell Revis. People are saying they lost that on purpose, but Greg Williams has done that before at other jobs in crunch time. He's running gauge eight before. But what's crazy is they usually work, which I understand. Don't give the quarterback time to, in order for the receivers to get down there. But when you have a receiver that runs a 4-2, all you have to do is just kind of throw it up there, and he's just going to run under and catch it. So it doesn't really work when you have the fastest player in the NFL. No, it doesn't. You're expecting Darren Waller not to get it. Nelson Aguilar is balled out. Yeah. They've had all these guys. Henry Ruggs is just a speed demon. And, and the just... play before, if Derek Carr was actually a decent quarterback, he would have hit Nelson Aguilar for yeah. a touchdown. The yeah, play before. Got a little too excited on that throw, it looked like. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. See that with him sometimes, but Greg Williams, yikes. 
that's about all you can say. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That, that's about all you can say. But yeah, it's time to get into some high school sports talk. We had a great Zoom call the other night with some Amador Valley football players Brendan O'Sullivan, Kai Burgermeister, Spencer Oxy, and Spencer Scranton. They've all been kind of at the forefront of this Let Us Play movement. I'm sure a lot of you have seen on social media over the last week in the states like California, Oregon, Washington. A lot of players, coaches, really spearheaded this movement, posting out videos of themselves, talking, sending that over to elected officials, state governing bodies for high school sports. And we've seen Amador Valley has been a head one. Head coach Danny Jones has been a prominent figure in this on social media. And his players joined in the fray and discussed their message with us during a Zoom call on Wednesday evening. He did, and these players, the main message is they just want to play. They don't care how long the season is. They don't care if they get postseason. They just want some games because they know how important for most of these guys their senior season is and also for all of their teammates, for the guys that just need a couple more games of film to get that extra offer, to get that first offer or whatever it may be. These kids just want an opportunity to play, and I think that's the whole thing of this movement is it's important for these kids to play and it's important for them to get the opportunity to get outside we talked about the mental health aspect of it with them as well and we've talked about it on this podcast of how hard mental health issues are right now for teenagers and also student athletes and just for high schoolers in general teachers as i know they've had a hard time adjusting from in class to zoom class as it's not not an easy adjustment at all and the biggest part of their message is they can play in a safe way by wearing masks. Other states have done it. We've seen multiple states get through their seasons. And we've seen it on ESPN, them playing, and they just want their opportunity. Yeah, they've watched 38 other states conclude their seasons or states that are still playing right now, Texas and its postseason right now. Haven't seen – sure, I've seen – they've all seen actually teams cancel some games due to positive tests, have to miss a week or two, but – they haven't seen a major storyline where it just destroyed the entire season in a school district, within an entire league, an entire region, even a state level for that. And they're willing to do anything. One thing I'd like to acknowledge what these players said, too, is they understand it's it's a, it's a serious thing. They, they acknowledge right away COVID-19 is a serious illness. They want to make sure everybody's safe, and they want to make sure everybody's safe, anyone that's higher risk, just every person in general. They want to make sure they're safe and they're healthy, but they also – they're willing to do anything to make it work. If it means staying in the social bubble for three months so they can play five games, they'll do that. Spencer Oxy was very passionate and determined to do that particularly. He just wants to play football. They'll wear masks, social distance, whatever it takes. They just want to play in a safe manner. Would they like a postseason to come? Yeah, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want, wouldn't want to like to play for a North Coast section title, a NorCal title, a state title? That's what you dream of, especially as a senior, right? But they just play three games, four games, five games. That's all they want. They get back out there with their friends. They've talked about how hard it is on them in school. Just go on Zoom for four hours, five hours a day, and there's no practice. So what they're kind of isolated there inside, and when they had those days where they could go to practice with their team, there was something to look forward to. They were outside for two to three hours a day with their friends, their coaches, practicing, doing whatever, training. It was great for their minds. They don't have a season. Their biggest thing is that's going to be tough. They want to be able to play sports, and we know how important <clears throat> sports are to kids what they mean to people. For a lot of people, that's their escape. And that's that's a big part of what they said. Spence, I believe it was Scranton that said this, that numbers for teenage depression is up right now, which is no surprise, as this is supposed to be the most social time of their lives. In high school, you see so many people every single day. 
and you get to be social with them. This is supposed to be a fun period of time for them, and they're getting everything taken away. You know, the junior proms, the senior balls, athletics, it's all getting taken away from these seniors, and they don't get that final high school experience. And also, class of 2020 didn't get their last half of, um, and don't want to leave them out as they got to deal with this at the beginning of the year as they went and graduated. But that's the main thing is, as we talked about mental health a lot, they know how important it is for them to get outside. And now they feel cooped up and feel like they're just staying inside these confined walls at home. And all they look at for eight, nine hours a day is a computer screen as they go through class and homework and everything that they have to do for school, all through a computer screen. And that's something that I personally believe has become an issue as kids and iPads have become bigger as everyone just looks at a computer screen or an iPad screen and now we're forcing them to do it when they're no longer allowed to go outside, go play at the park, go play with their teammates, go play with friends, whatever it may be. I think it's very important that these kids have some sort of escape because we don't know what's happening at home. There could be some issues at home. We, you never know exactly what's happening. And for a lot of these kids, this is their chance to get to the next level. This is their chance to get away from home. This is their chance to just clear their mind for girl problems or whatever relationship issues maybe they're having. It's just an escape to get away from. But they're not the only ones that are doing this either. We've seen this throughout all the Bay Area kids. We've seen multiple videos, multiple messages. I remember it was Jaden Price who said, Let's send letters to Gavin Newsom, and I know that got a lot of traction as well. As this continues to become a bigger thing, all these kids in the Bay Area, football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, lacrosse, they all just want their opportunity to play their sport that they love. They do, and I can assure you these kids that we've talked to, they'll do whatever they can to play. They'll be safe. They'll put themselves in those bubbles for a few months because sports are their escapes, and everyone's going through something especially when you're a young person. Everyone's going through something mentally, physically, whatever it is. And sports is that outlet for them. They get a couple hours every day after school to just forget about things. Let out their tensions, their stress, their anger, their sadness, whatever it is on that football field, that basketball court, softball time, and the track, cross-country runs, whatever it is. And they don't get that. And that's tough. And for a lot of these kids, sports is their ticket to their future. That's their ticket to a free education or at least a partially paid for education. We know how expensive getting higher education is. You get even just partial scholarship there or at least an opportunity. That means so much to a kid. It's not just helping them for four years. That's helping them for 40, 50, 60 years down the road. And some of these amateur guys we talked to, they said they're lucky that they've got offers already. Like Spencer Oxy committed to Puget Sound. Spencer Scranton's got a couple Division three offers. Lewis and Clark Whittier, Kai Burgermeister. First team all league tight end. He's going to get some stuff. I pretty much guarantee that. Brandon O'Sullivan's going to get stuff as well, but they want to help other guys on the cusp get there. They've seen how hard it is on their teammates. They know how important senior seasons are for film. That's the season you work for growing up. That's the season as a high school you dream of. You want to be that senior. You want to be that leader. You want to leave a lasting legacy. And this is their opportunity to get more college film and interest in just three games. Is what a lot of colleges are looking for right now to see just some film of a guy improving, maybe a new position change, whatever it is, to get offers, get that free education, whether it's D1, D2, D3, NAIA, wherever it is, every opportunity is a great opportunity. And they feel really bad 
for these teammates of theirs. They're trying to keep them positive, help them out with making films, sending out film, using their connections with college coaches to build those relationships with their teammates and other guys they knew throughout the region. They're working with kids from Amador Valley is working with a rival school, Foothill. And you always talk about rivalry is supposed to be a rivalry, but they're helping out everybody. They know how hard this is on everybody throughout the Bay Area, Northern California, California, West Coast, everywhere it is. Kids are losing out on opportunities, playing at the next level, playing the sports they love from their escape. And it's sports aren't just a game. No. They're a lot more than just a game. Sports are lies for a lot of people, and I think that a lot of people that aren't into sports or they didn't play sports or are not passionate about sports, they don't fully understand what sports means to some people as this is livelihood for some people. And like you said with scholarships, how it helps them down the line 40, 50, 60 years. It helps the families out that maybe not can't afford college or would have to go into student or make their kids go into debt because of college. It helps the families out tremendously. And I want to bring up your point of everyone coming together even rival schools the kids just want to play and that's why you see this unity from different leagues you know kids coming together and talking about this and retweeting everything that says the hashtag let us play just because they want to play they don't care you know rivalries at the end of the day is just a rivalry they're still kids and they still you know, some of them are still friends. They live in the same town. They grew up playing what Pop Warner together. Used exactly. Together, right. Exactly. So, at the end of the day, they want that rivalry game. While it's still a rivalry, and they're still going to go out there and they're going to try and beat them, they just want to play that game. That's they'd rather play the game instead of not play the game at all. So that's why you see everyone coming together, and I think that's why this movement is so big. Even outside of just playing this season, you're seeing all these high schools and all these kids coming together. And it's really nice to see everyone kind of connecting, and it's nice to see social media, another great thing about social media, allowing everyone to come together and connect in this movement and something they can all push forward with. It is. They've really made this movement grow over the last week. I remember seeing it over the weekend is kind of really when it started to pick up. I want to say Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon is when we really noticed everyone was getting involved, sending out their messages, tweeting that, just the elected officials, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, higher governing bodies for high school athletics. Their message is big. And this is the only start for them, too. They're going to keep pushing the message and ensuring everything's safe and played in a safe manner. They, just, they want sports. They want their livelihoods back. They want to be able to help out their teammates, anyone who's struggling, just give them the opportunity to do what they love and maybe get that free education someday, which is everything to not only the kids but to the families as you said yeah and this isn't just football this is for all sports every every kid out there wants to play this isn't just a football movement i know baseball wants to play when their season comes around i know basketball teams want to play the volleyball teams water polo teams everyone wants to play and that's just because sports is important to these kids and it's important to physical health but it's also very important to mental health. Yes, it is. And if you strip away two straight seasons from spring sports student-athletes, that's so hard to overcome. That's two seasons wiped away from film, results, stuff for colleges. That's that's half your high school career there, and that's the length most kids are at the varsity level. So you lose a lot of kids your junior and senior seasons, and you lose those opportunities to play varsity ball, whatever it is. 
varsity track and field, varsity water polo, varsity swimming. That's gone. And these kids, though, they just want to play. That's all they want. They'll do whatever it takes, especially those student athletes we talked to from Amador Valley. But this movement's going to keep on growing. Just keep on to the Let Us Play movement there on social media, Twitter especially. It's every single day, every single hour you're seeing someone else just post, trying to really grow this thing. We've seen the West Coast Coaching Alliance there as well really pick up over the last half month, month as well there on Twitter. But the movement's going to keep on growing. Stay tuned for our content about it at westcoastpreps.com. What these players have talked about, we've got more calls coming up with student-athletes coming up, going more into the last play movement about what sports mean to them, how they want to play this season in a safe manner. But now our next topic of conversation, 25 days of Christmas Bay Area preseason football rankings. The last few days, we've released numbers 19 through 16 on our YouTube page. Hit the subscribe button, hit the like button there, and also check out the stories at westcoastpreps.com. Number 19, the Liberty Lions. They've been a special program the last couple of years. 34-5 and five these last few years, a state title sprinkled in there in 2018. Liberty's a special program, and that culture is there. I knew they lost Ryan Partridge, but wasn't that Iowa State's running back? You said five-star culture beats five-star talent? Yeah, and all of a sudden that's becoming a, a big quote, as I've seen multiple people now use that. I know you've used it a lot lately. But with Liberty, it's true. They have a five-star culture out there. They went 10-2 and two last season was NCS Division One semifinalist and came within a score of reaching the section championship game again. As this team is, they've lost some a lot from last season. QBJ Butterfield, now at Oregon, top running back who was a 1,000-yard rusher. They've lost a lot, but like you said, the culture there is what puts them at this number 19 spot. It is, yes. They've got a lot of young talent coming <coughs> through that program too, a lot of sophomores, juniors, freshmen rolling through there now. Yeah, Colin Borelli, the junior, almost 50 tackles last year, five tackles for loss. Senior receiver Leo Reichold, 253 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Culture is a big thing. We've seen it there when we went to their practice. You could tell that culture Matt Hafes is instilling as their new head coach is a good one. Positive culture, accountability, everything that's made Liberty special the last few years. He's keeping that, building his own culture in a successful way. That's why Liberty, the number 19 team and the number 18 out of the city of Napa, Vintage High School. Indeed. They went 10-2 and last season, the Vine Valley League champion with a perfect 6-0 and record and appeared in the NCS semifinals each of the last two years, losing those games by just one possession both of those times. And their losses, in the, as I said, they went 10-2. and Bellarmine and Camp Lindo, uh, they lost to Bellarmine 21-13, one possession, and the Camp Lindo another one possession game, 28-21. That was in the NCS semifinals. It's a good team as they also are returning their starting QB as he will come back, but they did lose some talent as well. They did. Now they lost their top rusher, but they've got some guys that ran for 370-plus yards coming back. Some of their top guys on defense come back, and they've got a great offensive line. I know we've seen Preston Golan throughout this offseason at the showcases and camps. Vintage is due for a special season. Now they want to get to the NCAA championship and maybe win that too. That's their next step up the ladder. They've got great things going up there in Napa there at Vintage High School. The number 17, a team that went undefeated last year in Half Moon Bay. Yeah, they went undefeated last year, and then they did lose in the opening round of the CCS playoffs to eventual section champion Sarah. <clears throat> we all know how good Sarah is year in, year out. No shame in losing to Sarah at all, but their defense allowed 12.4 points per game last season, 
while scoring 39.6 points per game. And they have some key returnees. Their junior quarterback, William Moffitt, had 978 passing yards on 11 touchdowns. And then senior Tristan Hoffman, who had 1,286 rushing yards and 22 yards on the ground, 219 receiving yards and two touchdowns for the air. And then also played defense with 104 tackles and 17 tackles for a loss. Yes, they've got a lot of experience. Their top four receivers are back. Their quarterback's back. Their running back's back. Four of their top five tacklers are back from that defense that held teams to just over 12 points per game. They've got that fun schedule, too, and they play Sarah Los Gatos, Pittsburgh, Sacred Heart Prep, the Kings Academy, men the last between. That schedule's loaded. It's it's different there. They are a good, good football program there at Halfman Bay. It's going to be another fun season, especially against that schedule. Then wrapping it up for the top 25 part of this podcast number 16 the dons from amador valley amador valley yes eight and three last season and won their e-ball division their losses were camp ludento heritage and then de la salle but they are going to move divisions this year as they're going to change divisions to the other side of e-ball and we'll see how their schedule goes as that is a very tough portion of e-ball right now as all those teams in that division is loaded as you saw, Clayton Valley is in that division. Won a state title, only going, what was it, 5-5, five and five, I believe, last yes. season, and still went on a five-game run to go win their state title, as they also returned three of their top four tacklers this year as well. Yeah, Spencer Oxy's back, 78 tackles, nine tackles for loss. Matthew Hallgrimson, 62 tackles, and Spencer Scranton, 36 tackles, six-and-a-half tackles for loss. Then you've got Eric Hunter the third, 800-plus rushing yards, 200-plus receiving yards, three picks, First team all league at running back and safety. Then you've got Josh Heverly, 700 plus receiving yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions. He's got three D1 offers from Air Force, Moorhead State, University of San Diego. Then they added a transfer in from their program. Gabe Solo moved from Homestead High School in Cupertino, where he did everything running back, receiver, quarterback, punter. He's got a couple of offers from Mayville State and Southwest Minnesota State. Amador Valley's got a really good roster this year. This is going to be their top football team, I think, in years there. Oh, yeah. They always seem to consistently be around and always consistently good program as they produce top talent all the time. Amador Valley, consistently always there. They have great talent up and down the roster, as we mentioned in our last segment. Great kids as well, as we got to talk to them the other night. It's a great, incredible team. Evol Division champs last year. We'll see how their season goes this year. We will. We will. That's going to be a fun race there in the Evol Mountain Division. And now our last topic of the day, the exclusive Speed Top 45, powered by West Coast Preps, numbers 10 through 6. We announced these players. Finally inside the top 10. Yeah, we are finally at the top 10 there. We announced these guys on our YouTube page and then also westcoastpreps.com. Stay tuned next week for the top five players in the Bay Area preseason player rankings. Then number 10, we've got a really good one from De La Salle. We do. Umagia Hearns, who is already committed to Cal, staying here in the Bay Area. He had a big season last year, and we've said this multiple times. De La Salle is a run-heavy offense, so it makes these numbers even that much more impressive. But he had 493 receiving yards and two touchdowns as they were NCS champions and open state runners-up. And then in 2018, he had 14 catches, 280 yards, and three touchdowns. What's once again, Stay LaSalle, NCS champion, open division, state runner-up again. He had big offers all the way through, too. 
Yeah, that he see it like Cal Poly, Georgetown, Florida Atlantic, Sacramento State, Montana. He had a lot of offers. He chose to stay close to home, go to Berkeley, play for Cal. And then number nine, another guy with some offers. He's got Cal Poly, Lafayette, and Lehigh. Salesian senior tight end slash defensive end, Eliza Satcher. Just listen to these stats in 2019. 85 tackles, 21 sacks, 10 catches, 230 yards, 4 touchdowns. A CAF Division 6A state champion. And he ran the 40 in 4.59 seconds. That's pretty good, especially tight end defensive end. You don't necessarily think of those guys as super, super speed guys. 4.59 for that position is big time. And this guy's a big time talent, big time athlete. And those 2019 stats prove it. They do. And then number eight's another guy that's really produced at a high level. Freedom senior defensive back Vince Nunley moved to Freedom from Ensenal. And he's going to one of the Pac-12's top football programs next season. He is. He is now committed to Washington as Washington has been big time program here the last few years. Went to a college football playoff, went to a Rose Bowl within the last few years. And 2019 stats at, at Ensenal for Vince was five interceptions in a regular season alone. Ensenal was the number one seed and had a runner-up finish in the NCS, sec- or NCS Division Five playoffs. It was Ensenal's first NCS championship game appearance since 2010. And while he is going to Washington, his offer list was loaded. Utah State, Utah, Fresno State, Colorado State, San Diego State, Kansas, San Jose State, Sacramento State, Wyoming. He really had a choice to go wherever he wanted. Yeah, we've got a lot of Pac-12 down players here from numbers 10 through 6 because number 7 Moreau Catholic senior linebacker slash defensive end Caleb Larms or recently committed to Cal consensus four star recruit up and down the board rated as one of the top players nationally in his position Moreau Catholic semifinals team in the North Coast section each of the last two years winning at a high level in his offer list he saw schools like Air Force, Arizona, Boise State, Colorado, Fresno State, San Diego State, San Jose State, Washington he had his pick of the letter. He could have gone anywhere he wanted pretty much there in America to play at the next level. He's going to Cal. The number six, I mean, this guy's numbers are just sick. Half Moon Bay senior running back, sauce linebacker Tristan Hoffman. Tristan Hoffman is insane. And I'm going to go through his 2019 stats here in a second. And it's going to blow you away because it blew me away the first time I saw it. 1,286 rushing yards to go on like 22 touchdowns on the ground. 219 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Already a great season if he just played on the offensive side. He does not just play on the offensive side as his defensive numbers are insane as well. Had 104 tackles with 17 of those tackles for loss, five sacks, two forced fumbles, and then he also punts for an average of 35 and a half yards. He was league MVP as Half Moon Bay went 10-1, and won a league title, and had the perfect regular season. That is right. In 2018, he also had nearly 1,000 passing yards as a sophomore. 986 passing yards, 4 touchdowns, 522 rushing yards, 6 scores.
Sound, sound, I'm gone. 